Thank you. Snowboarding. Thank you. Snowboarding. Hey friends, how you doing? My name is Chris Cracknell. You are listening to Thank You Snowboarding, the podcast that is diving deep into UK snowboard culture. From hand-making boards in the Scottish Highlands in the 80s to the current world champion Mia Brooks and beyond. We are being looked after by the Snowboard Asylum who in turn have been looking after snowboarders since the early days in the UK. So we very much appreciate their support. So this week, this week is another episode that I recorded out in Larks. Um, I managed to track down Vicky and Nige Brooks, obviously Mia's mum and dad. And uh, Mia was pretty busy that week, obviously big competitions and lots going on and I didn't really want to disturb her. She was already doing some stuff with the BBC, but what I thought would be fun is to speak to her parents, coming from a parental background myself. I thought it'd be really interesting to find out what it takes and what it's taken them to um, bring up a world champion. Like, what does that look like? And I can't say I've ever had the chance before to speak to someone's parents who are the parents of a world champion. So I thought this would be a really good one. It turns out that they've got quite the history of snowboarding, doing early seasons in van, like proper van life seasonaires. I don't know that anybody does like like that anymore. But um, back in the day, I guess that was quite pioneering. You know, real, don't know if this is the right word, but kind of real dirtbag seasonaires uh, in Chamonix. It turns out Vicky and Nigel were definitely living that life, and I didn't know that. I wondered how one gets into snowboarding so young and what your parents do to enable that. And it turns out they lived in vans and were getting amongst it. Uh, As before we start, I just want to say thank you to uh, Vicky and Nige. I know that they're very, very busy. I've been trying to kind of do a, a bit of a PS to it by getting Mia and Vicky and Nige on a Zoom call, but they are... Away in America at the moment, obviously there was X Games and then there's all sorts of World Cup events. So I know how precious time is for them. And uh, to get them on Mia's birthday out in Larks the night before the Slopestyle uh, finals was um, a big ask. And I do appreciate them sharing their time with me and being so open and funny and yeah I could hang out with them more I really enjoyed the time that I spent with them and it was far too brief but hopefully uh, hopefully now that we're friends we'll get to hang out some more so yeah this song (laughs) we're kicking off with I'll talk about at the end but it's quite long so we won't have me rambling until the end of it Let's get stuck in with Vicky and Nige Brooks. Tim's good at his job. Doesn't get doesn't get annoying, does he? He wasn't as young. He's grown into his <laughs> he's grown into himself, hasn't he? How long have you known Tim for? I've known him remotely for years when he worked for Dougie at Boardwise. And he was a gobby. Oh, so you know Doug Foden? Oh yeah. very well, yeah. Yeah, right. 
Um, as well as I think I could know him because he, he's again he's again a very dry, not dry, You're on board, but you know. Hey, I don't, <laughs> Doug's brilliant, but you you only I've only ever got so much out of him. I'm, I bought my first Burton board off Doug. Burton twin, whatever that would have been, ninety three or something like that. What the Ouija? Yeah. Man, I want one of those so bad. Well, I did. I, I think I swapped. I think I swapped mine. No, it snapped, and they did me under. I got the next year under warranty, and the graphic was horrible. I covered it with duct tape. It was like a blue, like a two tone blue. Yeah, you covered it with duct tape. How did that work out? It was better than looking at the graphic because it was hideous. <laughs> it wasn't my first season, me, so I just covered it with duct tape and rode it just black, black top sheet. Weighed a ton because of all the ice sticking to it. Yeah. Well. <laughs> <laughs> the way that everything was horrible then anyway yeah. onto gear wise but yeah Dougie was um, I think Dougie was the only place Midlands and North wise that you could buy anything do you know what it's funny so many people have mentioned the ad, like the hand drawn adverts yeah. that were in the snowboard magazines and that was where I got my first board like you know it was like yeah. this little second hand section at the bottom and how loads of people mentioned those adverts particularly like when I'm talking to him about like snowboard history or whatever. We found him on an advert. I think it might have been one of those adverts and we hunted him out because there wasn't... Me and James Adlington, skier James, oh, went yeah. down and hunted him out and went into the shop and it was like... We'd bought a few few bits and stuff off um, Joe Royal in Buxton and in Altingham, that was like a ski shop and they had right. I had my first ever snowboard from them, which is, a, I think... Um, a look slash before they did, you know, you remember the Lamar trick stick? Yep. Well, it was before the Lamar trick stick. It was a horrible thing with Emery bindings and ski boots. And then we found about found out about Dougie somewhere in an advert or a magazine. I went to the shop and it was like, for us, it would have been like 17. It was the greatest thing we'd ever seen because it was full of windsurfing kit and surfboards and snowboards. And So were you into windsurfing? No, just snowboard. I skated and my mum and dad took me and my brother skiing when we were about 13 yeah in a caravan because we'd never had any money really to um go skiing so they wanted to go they took us um to Majev, you know on the italian it's on the italian border with the Majev, no Majev's right near um Montgenev with Saudi and Sestriere that's it and I was going up a lift and I was skating a bit at that time because everybody Skateboard. I was terrible at skateboarding, worse than snowboarding, really. And um, I was going up this lift on my own on this pair of rented skis with CNA ski gear, like the, pit, the the awful pitch you can imagine. And these two guys came underneath me in fluoro, like you know the cards you used to see in all the ski shops, the postcards. Yeah. These two guys come underneath, and I was like, "That is the coolest thing I have ever seen." So I got my mum to take me to the shop. I rented one. Some whatever it was the guy pushed me set it up regular I'm goofy and nice. they believe it or not they gave me they said go and use that pommel lift to learn it on and they gave me a plastic ski for my foot that wasn't clipped in like that you put on with straps <laughs> no way. and they said the way to go up is you stand on this <laughs> yeah, and I spent yeah. eight anyway junk that um, and I think I managed in a week I managed to link like two turns so you learnt regular though that you were yeah. goofy yeah and then I came back do you still ride regs now you? no um I think I might even have turned that board around. Something felt wrong, and I'd either turned it around or managed for a week. And then I came back and went to Joe Royals in Buxton and bought this K2, uh, not K2, uh, Look Slash. 
yeah. like a proper ironing board yeah, yeah, yeah. thing with emery bindings on. Yeah. And I, my next holiday, I snapped that, the nose off that at um, Mont Genève in La Plame, is it? But yeah, Mont Genève up from Borg Saint Maurice. Mont Chavan. Mont Chavan. Yeah. We had a chalet there for a bit. Yeah, Mont Chavan's a beautiful place. We spent a lot of time place. there. La Plame's really good. Really yeah. Great we as well. I think it's one of my favourite resorts. Yeah, I think it's like going back with her. That's where she spent her early years, wasn't it? Yeah. So I snapped the nose off that, came back. Went back to Joe Royals and they got the first Sims twin tip in, in the in the window. And I think I must have been, I maybe just started working on it at sixteen. So I can't remember the price, but I saved all I saved all my money up to go and buy it. And I went in and I said to the guy, he was the only one in the shop, I want that out the window. So he pulls it out the window, puts it on the counter. I think it was, it might have been three hundred quid. It was something. It was an extortionate amount of money. Back yeah, then, yeah, yeah. for what it was. Yeah. So he puts it on the counter and I pay me 300 quid and he takes the bindings off. No way. So I'm like, he's like, no, the bindings are extra. And I was like, oh. So I bought the board and I had to wait like two weeks and saved up and went and bought the <laughs> bindings like, and then went started on the dry slope with that. And Vicky, what's your, like, what's your entry point into snowboarding? Um, I met Nigel in 90, 95, 96. Mm-hmm. So um, had you ever been to the mountains before? Never. No, he was a friend of my brother, okay. um, and he just—he was the cousin, and he just turned up one day and. No, I'm not your us, cousin. No, friend, you're a friend of my cousin. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and um, yeah, I went up to my brother's house, and Nigel was there, and he'd just come back. I think he'd just come back from a season, haven't you? And he was telling us he was like excited to tell my brother about it and myself, and I was like, and I was like, I'd bought my first house at eighteen, literally on my eighteenth right. birthday, I bought a terraced house wow. signed for it, and I, for about a year, I was like. What what am I doing here? Like, sure, there's more to life, but from where I was from... Where was this? In Kidgrove, in, in Stoke. Okay. So, but that's what you did. You went to school, went to college, got, did an apprenticeship, got a job, bought a house, yeah. settled down, had kids. That was what, pub every Friday, I'd be through <laughs> once a year. It was That's that's what we did, that was normal. Yeah. But I was never, there was always something that I was like, there's got to be more to life than this. And then he walked in, listened to his story, I was like, that sounds awesome. And he said, he was talking about what I thought, I thought he'd said snowballing. And I was like, so what do you do? And he's like, snowboarding. I thought, I said, what is it? And he was like, it's like skateboarding on snow. I was like, all oh, right. I didn't, even, I didn't even know what it was. I hadn't got a clue. Right. So he explained what it was. And then within a month, sold my house. And uh, we started just going out. Left the relationship out. you were in when you bought the house. Like, yeah. You'd be more okay. specific. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Yeah, it's off, off what's it. And yeah, um, within three months, he took me in. I had some lessons at Tamworth Snow Dome that had just opened the year or so Yeah, before. that must have been pretty fresh, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. So did that. I had two or three lessons, one-to-one lessons in the, like, the August time. And sold my house. We bought a Volkswagen van together in the September. Mm. And November we left. I'd been seeing him for, you know, two or three months. And we, off we went. Out to the Alps. Set. First off, we went. Um, we drove to Val d'Isère first, didn't we? I don't know why we went. Why did we go Because we went there? so early in the season. So we, there was no snow, was there, in no. Germany? So I so. said, well, nip to Val d'Isère. Cause what year was this? Ninety-six, maybe. Oh, okay, I'd already yeah. done the season there. Yeah. So I said, well, nip to Val d'Isère because I'd gone. I'd origin- my first season. I'd gone to Val d'Isère and then gone round to. Sh- I didn't. Nothing happened, and I went back. Down, I went round to Chamonix, but. We were going up the road in this van because Vicky had never been to the mountains. She had three lessons at Tamworth. 
So we were driving up to Hi. driving up to Borg San Maurice in the dark. Yeah. Um, I was asleep, wasn't I? And I said, wake up, wake up, because you sort of arrive in the mountain and you can see all the peace oh, bashes. Yeah, and the, yeah, and the lights up yeah, the towns. So I said, I said to you, you can see all the mountains with the ski lifts. And, and she said, she's looking, she says, where, where? I said, you've got to win this old VW Bay window. I said, you need to look up through the windscreen to see him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We go snowboarding up that. I said, yeah, she says, fuck that. I'm I said, not, I said, not, not a, a chance. fucking chance. She I've said, been up the travel age with Tamworth. You know, and I was like, I said, you're having all... I said, I can't go up there. I said, I, no way. I said, I have to go home. I said, I, I, said, I really panicked, didn't I? Yeah. It, it, was, it was unreal. It so was the, like, next, the next day, we, we slept in just outside Borg Summary. You know where the campsite is? And then there's a yep. little village on the way. Yep. So we sleep on a lay-by up there and we go up. I'm all excited because I've done one season, I think, or two seasons, so I'm ready to... It's nothing to me. I'm like, I want to go snowboarding. So we drive up into Val d'Isere. The funicular's open. We buy some lift tickets. So she's done like three, three, hours. three hours at Tamworth. And we go yeah. into the top of the, you know where Folly Douche is? It wasn't there. But that was the men's yeah, downhill. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm like, this is going to be awesome. I roll there at the top of the funicular. And it's just immense and if you've never been to the mountains. I can't imagine what that... Well, well, what? I kind of know what that experience was like the first time Down I went. Yeah. You know, like I, we went through an inversion and just all of a sudden it's like, yeah. here's the mountains. It was, it's um, like having it unveiled for you and just like, yeah. fucking hell. Yeah. But she cried and swore at me for the whole run of that down yeah. to... Uh, is it, uh, I'm going home, I'm, I'm ringing going my dad. Home. So then we, uh, we drove up into town and there's like... Um, it's where James's shop is now. There's a there's a chairlift that goes on a sort of a dead mellow angle through the middle of Aldisair, through the resort, isn't there? Is there? Just a little meadow. I don't know. Yeah, it's like been a, a meadow, long time. like a meadowy <laughs> one. Yeah. So we did that, and then had a few laps, and then went around to Chamonix. But that was you like that was like your baptism of fire, wasn't it? <laughs> I was like, yeah. crikey! I'm just thinking this is going to be awesome. We're going to have a day yeah, snowboarding. Yeah, it just frightened us to death. Yeah. Well, so what, what? Then we drove to Chamonix, didn't we? That, mm. that, within a couple of days, we drove around to Chamonix, set up in. Flagere at the camping, bought season passes, and that's like we were saying earlier on. You know, when you made that decision, that's where you say you don't travel yeah. because you've got the, mm. the expense. And so, what was the difference between Valzer and Chamonix then? It's even more gnarly. <laughs> I my first season, I got so I I started riding at the dry set with James um, from Planks. And he's a really good snowboarder, always was a really good snowboarder. I mean, and we're sort of a similar, we started at a similar time, me a bit earlier. Um, and the, a guy, Chris Poole, who ran the ski club at Kidsgrove that, with the dry slope, um, took us all out to Chamonix in a transit minibus, like loads of us. And it was just the great, I, we turned, because skipping back, we'd spent, there was no movies back then to watch, so we'd have spent all the time watching Blizzard of Oz, you know, the Greg Stump. That's what got me into ski it. movie. Yeah, I, that was I like, love that film. The music and everything. Like, it's just, just like whole thing. and the picture paints of Chamonix. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so sort of distant and far away and exotic and just amazing. And, yeah. yeah, and you look at Plake and all the you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, so that so that was so we we've sort of devoted ourselves to this movie. There's only two of us at snowboard at Kids Grove. There's no scene to speak of in that we've found apart from Dougie's shop. And um, so so I I decide I'm going to go and do a season. Um, and Chris, who's taking us to Chamonix, is like, oh, my, my sister Ali live, works in Val d'Isere, so right. I'll give you her number. You can She'll sort you out. So I was that keen. I think I'd left in November or something, really early. Again, there's no snow, nothing's open. She wasn't around. So my, my next point, 
my next sort of place to go then was Chamonix because I'd been for a couple of holidays there and I knew roughly what was going on. So I'd rock into Chamonix, have a week living in my van, not meeting anyone, and then met this Scandinavian uh, guy called Peter who said, we're living in this, we're just living in a squat. Do you want to come and live with us? I'm like 19, 20 at this point. So I'm like, this is good. All, all the things that 19, 20 year olds do. Yeah. Do you want to come and partake of this 19, 20? Obviously me as with, with the headphones on, but. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he's like, do you want to come and get wrecked at this? Oh yeah. So I live in this squat with him for. Is that the one on the mountain with the bathtub? Yeah, so outside about? bathtub. So I li- we live with him for. A month, two months, and then I meet another guy called Joe Wellborn, and he's like, he was living in a van. He's like, we're living in some underground park, and it's way better than living in a squat. Come and live with us. So we're going to live in underground parking in Argentière, um, because a mate of his had got an apartment, so we could have showers and all the other stuff. And the guy in the ne- <clears throat> the guy in the next room is Johnny Barr. You know, I do know Johnny. Yeah. Barr, so yeah. I've I'm obviously white light. Uh, it would have been Snowboard UK Snowboard then. UK, yeah. So I'm like, Johnny walks in, like three foot nothing, and you're like, oh, shit, it's, this is <laughs> this is Johnny. So I, so there was Justin Allison and Johnny and Argentia. Yeah. So I think Johnny took me riding one day and just I was like blown away, blown away without because I'd only ridden with James really and the ski club p- skiers. I went riding with um, Johnny in the Dream Forest, and I was like, this is just a different level of stuff. Yeah. So I was living next door to him and then did a full season in Chamonix and came back and met Vic. And then okay. we went. I don't know how we got on to where that went, but that was, yeah, basically. Yeah, then after we left Alzheimer's and we went, you said, come on, we'll go to Chamonix because again, he knew it. I think he was ready to do something different, but your heart was Chamonix. No, wasn't Ch- it? Chamonix's just, I think if you, if the rat, I've never been, uh, I've never been overly into park or freestyle. Right. I've always liked, like, like we're saying, if you if Blizzard of Oz was your thing when you were a kid, yeah. you want to ride big steep mountains. Like sure. I was talking to Ed about that clip with Johan Olsen that you put on the Yeah. That's I had an accident because of that clip. That put me in intensive care. But that's all I wanted to do was ride big gnarly mountains. That was there where wasn't my that much park anyway then. No, well, Chamonix was famously sort of famously just, shit for having no yeah. freestyle yeah. facilities. There was nothing. But the big mountain stuff, it was just like mm. it was it, My first season we we, we got We've got, oh, was it my second season? One of the seasons we got there in November and it didn't actually, it was the year you had your accident, it didn't actually snow and start snowing until like the end of January. We were just going up the um, up the Agui every day, weren't we, and doing the Valley Blanche. Yeah. And people were like, you did what? And we, and we used to just go up for fun, like going up P6. We'd like hot lap it, wouldn't we? We'd hot lap it, Valley Blanche, do two or three runs in a day and we'd jump in crevasses. Without and, a guide. Without oh, guide. Yeah, no, no, no avalanche no protection, nothing. Uh, uh, the erect knife edge then didn't, wasn't fenced. It's fenced in now. Yeah, 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 I was yeah. a bit windy on that. So he'd like, we'd, we'd hop out the gondola and he'd like, right, I'll run your board down. You just obviously just get yourself down. And it was just freaking sheer. Yeah, there'd, there'd be light. There'd be light. Because from the valley, you can see the lines of people, people roped up with like, guides. You can see and them glistening. Yeah. It is gnarly and they, they want their money's worth of the extreme experience, yeah. don't they? And it's all fenced and it's all proper guiding. But we used to just go up front, we, But we? we'd they'd be, they'd be all sort of taking the time going down and we'd be running Pots along the edge of them because we wanted to get some laps in because there was no yeah, snow yeah. in the rest of the valley. Yeah. So after your first experience in Val that you obviously didn't enjoy. You, didn't enjoy you, it. You got to Chamonix, yeah. you sort of bought into it. Yeah, because I did enjoy snowboarding at Tamworth. I loved it. I really, right. I was really supportive at school so I really enjoyed the snowboarding. I just didn't, I was frightened of the mountain. Right. That's what scared me, freaked me out. And what got you um, past that? Because I was just, 
because I, I think my mum and dad thought, what are you doing? I was like, stubborn. And I thought, oh, I'm going to prove that I can do this and I want to do this. And I was like, I'm going to stay and make it work. So he was like, we'll go to Chamonix. Um, it's a big town and nice vibe and all his mates were there. And, yeah. and that was it. We went and I just, I don't know. I was, there, was no, there was no other girls. There was a crew of a couple of Swedes, three or four Swedish girls, weren't there? That didn't really snowboard that much. They were more studying in. in I don't in know if there. you had it in in Val d'Isere, but there was the girls who went snowboarding, and then there was the guys who went snowboarding. So she, so Vicky always rode with me and the lads I snowboarded with. So and she, she's the, she's a way better snowboarder. And I naturally snowboarding picked it up like that. It was never an issue to her. So she got used to riding with the lads, fast with the boys, and it, it was like a, she was instantly as quick. Probably better than most of the lads because we didn't. She didn't go and do the let's go and have coffee and bit of tanning and whatever. She just rode with a group of really yeah. good snowboarders. It sounds all the time. like a really similar story with me and my wife. Actually, yeah. Yeah. she just sort of like mm. came with me and then. And we he used just to get cross. He'd be like, because I was always like, there was a crew of like probably five or ten of us, wasn't there? Different, mm. different what's it groups each day, but uh, there was the Brummy lot, and then there was Chris, wasn't there? And we had a few different crews, and we'd look up with the, you know with different people, and and he'd be like, don't. Don't wait at the back. Get in. That if somebody drops and it's that jump or it goes off there or that, you know, yeah. go 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 mid pack or go for it. Don't be yeah, waiting. You used, used to get cross with mm. that, didn't you? So for that reason, I, and I, it just brought me on so so well, didn't it? So how long did you stay in Chamonix for? Until the April's worth, isn't it? <coughs> we do all we, seasons wise. We my, our last full season was ninety nine, I think. Okay. No, um, two thousand when you had your accident. Yeah, I had an accident. So we we came home. Bought a house and moved back to the UK. We were always in the UK, but we were just doing the seasons. Doing the seasons we, were yeah. fortu- we were fortunate, fortunate enough um, to... We've got each other. We were living in a van. We did it super cheap. We were both fortunate, fortunate enough that Nigel was a mechanic and his dad used to... Cover, you, he covered your job, didn't he, for the, for the winters while we were away. And my boss, bless him, he was like, he was a skier, and he was like, you know what, you go and have, have some fun. I won't, I can't give you paid leave, but I need you back. So if right. you get back, come back, and I'll give you your job. No way. So we we, we could, and because we're doing it together, we'd go save five grand over the summer, and we do a season. We never worked, yeah, we never, we never worked, worked at all in a season. No, yeah. and because we were living in a little van, so we didn't murder each other, we had to go snowboarding. <laughs> you know what I mean? So we just, yeah, there's no, there was no sitting back like in this no, apartment what, and watching there's, TV. There was no Xbox or PlayStation or phones or. But we wanted to. It wasn't like we needed an excuse to go out anyway. We was loved it? it. We loved snowboarding together, didn't we? Mm. So, um, oh, Ted. Oh, that was a long time. Ago. That was a long time ago, wasn't it? <laughs> it is this funny how long ago it is now? Isn't yeah. it? It's like that was only like, like five, session. ten years ago. Actually, it's twenty-five years ago. But I still. Yeah. Like riding with these kids now, yeah. although you feel like the old man who can't, like say, can't do a 180, I still love it probably more now than I loved it then. You know, there's no... But that, that's because you like you can look back and you can appreciate what it is now. Because, you know, like in my early seasons, I just thought this is what, this is what happens. Do you know what I mean? Mm. I've put myself out here, so of yeah. course it's great. Yeah. But the actual act of going snowboarding with these, I still, I, I still love it as much, if not more, than when we were doing it as kids. Mm. He hates competing, though. He doesn't like competition. Well, no, I don't like competition. I used to do. I used to for. I used to enjoy it. We like board across and shout. The, the, right. the, the board across. We went to the Brits, didn't we? Once Brits. I loved it. 
and he'd, he'd be like, he'd be sick. He'd be pacing. I can't watch this. Oh my physically, God, oh my. I don't mind yeah. watching people compete, but people I'm invested in. <laughs> it's just, it's not my bag. Yeah. Okay, so this leads me to a question I've been thinking about. As I've said, like most of the time I'm winging it, but actually I was thinking about this earlier because I took my daughter to the dentist last week and she freaked. She had to have a tooth out. Oh. She was really brave till she got there. And then she sort of couldn't do it. And then she afterwards, like seeing her in that situation is awful. And then afterwards she was like, I've let everyone down and, you know, nobody will think I was brave enough and all that sort of stuff. And I was just thinking, hmm. that's what I go through. And then obviously you're watching, yeah, go off big jumps in high pressure competitions and stuff. How as parents do you even deal with that? Or do you do it in different ways? I don't know. She's been doing it for that long. I don't know if she's only 16, but you get used to it. But I think we are always very I find I'd, nervous and stressed. And if worried. I'm honest, I find absolutely no pleasure in it at all. Right. <laughs> I, I, honestly, and or not, if 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 you could if you could put if you could switch a switch, that sounds wrong. I, I do get enjoyment out of it, but I don't enjoy. I love snowboarding, but I don't enjoy. It's, I think is it because of the injury thing? The injury thing doesn't because that's snowboard. You, you get it. Yeah. Competition. You're not going to do competitions and then injure yourself. You, snowboarding mm. is what snowboarding is. I just don't. Even as a kid, I didn't like competition. I used to ride trails bikes. Oh right. And I loved riding. I love. I've always loved motorbikes, and I love riding trials. But when it came to the day when I had to do a competition, it's not anyone else's problem, but mine that I, that that I don't like. Yeah. Like this week at Lax, it, I don't sleep. I don't enjoy. It. Once, and then we've got to go X Games. Everybody's like, "Oh, you're doing X Games? That's awesome!" I'm like, "Fuck it!" It's another <laughs> week of like <laughs> of practice and looking at. And I'm like, first world problems. Possibly. Well, it is. But this is what we were saying before. No, 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 and, yeah. You know, it's like, "Oh, you've got to go to X Games." That's really well, watching your child hurl themselves into a high pressure, dangerous situation can't be pleasant for any parent. Surely, I don't. She's. This sounds might come across wrong or sound like a, a right knob, but. She's she, she's that she's people go to me. Oh, she must be so brave doing blah 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 whatever she does. But she's that cal- she's that calculated in what she does do that it's not. And you'll know it with when you're good at snowboarding. Any anybody like Billy or Katie or anybody who's at the top of the game, it isn't stunt riding. It, you know, it's not like no. will I won't I make yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't. I, it doesn't. I, there is an element of not enjoying that bit of it, but it never. I know if she's comfortable doing it, then you know. I wouldn't worry any more about her driving a car when she learns to drive than okay. doing what she does. That that doesn't stress me. Yeah. It's just the physical process of process of competition. Yeah. Which was never I didn't get when I saw those two guys in Floro in whatever nineteen ninety one or eighty nine or whenever it was. I didn't think, oh I wonder if somebody will make a competition for doing that. It, it's like competition is the complete opposite of what I loved about snowboarding. Yeah. If if that makes sense. It wasn't hundred yeah, 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 percent. We're down this path that we're on with her, but it, it's it was never you know you go to chill if it's chill factor Tampa wherever and you see the parents like we were, and all they worry about is the kid needs to go to the Olympics. And I'm like, what used to baffle us is these we we sort of obviously we did the seasons for that sort of five years six year period or whatever, 
then we went off the road. We were still doing our own thing and going away for every month. Every year we'd at least have a month, six weeks, wouldn't we? Mm. Even when we finished doing full seasons. Um, but we went off kind of off the radar, and plus there wasn't no social media then. Um, so we went off the radar for like 10 years, didn't we? From having from finishing in 2000, mm-hmm. well, until 2007, then two or three years teaching me until 2010. Yeah. And then came back into the scene, almost. Mm. And we walked into Chill Factor, didn't we? Um, and it was like, there was these like, parents at the glass at the window. Like like a zoo or something wasn't mm. it and, and then there was a sign saying there was a board across and she was like oh I'd like to do that daddy and he was like come on then we'll go up and you know, have a bit of fun and, and you walked in didn't you and this morning this board across race thinking we're just going to have a bit, of la- a bit of a laugh and we walked in she was six I think walked in and there was these parents at the windows these kids teeny kids you know like eight ten years old whatever, with bibs on you know and there was, we, we won't mention any names but there was this one guy it was slope start, it wasn't border cross. Oh, was it not border? Whatever, there was this one guy, wasn't it, with, with his daughters? The two, the two girls at the... There's a big pane of glass at Chill Factor. And don't don't take out that I'm... don't. Nobody should think that I'm not hard on her with a snowboarding, as in, like you would with learning maths at school or anything else. I'm not I'm not like the ideal parent. I'm the biggest arsehole you will ever meet. So, right. you know, don't under any circumstances think I'm preaching to anyone. But this guy stood at the window with these two little girls in bibs. And he's saying, and the, you could tell by him he wasn't a snowboarder, and he's saying, you need to do this on this rail and that on that rail, and when you get to this rail, you need to do this. And I looked across and I said, and if he sees either of you having any fun, he'll be straight out there and pulling you off this competition course. <laughs> and this bloke looked at me like I'd gone out. He was like, where did he you come from? Never judge someone else's parenting. No. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Jesus but Christ. But I, like, I was just trying to make light of it. I was like, yeah, snowboarding, yeah, yeah. it's got to be fun, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, they were like, like oh. where have they took him up from? This nut job. <laughs> so but, we had a few years on the British competition scene, didn't brilliant. we? And yeah. It was good. She made some good friends and, and we did. We made lifelong friends again in snowboarding. Yeah. But, yeah, but there were equally, there were some that you were like, why are you doing this? Yeah, but and, most of those are not... They weren't snowboarders. No. They took the kids snowboarding, and most of them have not continued. Mm. One one lady here, we were in, in the Lax area for the Brits one year, and we walk into town, and this woman called, oh, hey, here's one, isn't it? I said, yeah, yeah, how are you doing? All right. Um, so where's where do you go up the gondola? Do you, do you go up the gondola? Do you buy a walker's pass? I was like, no, I go snowboarding. You go snowboard? And she was proper shocked. Mm. I was, so you don't go up the gondola and just get one of them walker's passes? I was like, no. She was like, and th- and that's when I thought, how can you be that, you know, passionate and spend that much time and money on something that you don't enjoy mm. as well with your kids? It's a bit weird, isn't it? That is a bit weird. Um, how do you know? Just sort of on from that, how do you know, kind of when, where the line between pushing your children or, you know, no, obviously no one wants to be a, sort of seen as a pushy parent. Obviously, you want your children to do well. Mm. How do you? How have you guys worked out like where that line is between sort of finding a happy medium? I don't think. I think if if you go, if your kids want to go snowboarding, you're winning with it because you won't you won't force them. You won't force them into being. Good snowboard. You won't force them into being good snowboarders. They've got to, you know, it's not like um, some of the other sports where commitment will equal reward. I think unless they enjoy it. enjoy snowboarding 
away from competitions. If they want to go snowboarding away from competitions, they there used to be whenever you read in White Lines or Snowboard UK, they'd have like a letters page. Yeah. And there was always a letter, and you'll have read it a million times that said, How do I get sponsored? And the the return answer would have been, Oh, you don't have to try and get sponsored. If you love the sport, you will, you know, it will and yeah. and as cliche as that sounds, it's true. Mm-hmm. If you if you got the mountain wanting to be sponsored by whoever this you know whoever you want to be sponsored by it it inevitably doesn't happen if you go up there and you're the kid who's stoked who's riding all day long people want that energy and that's like you she, used to say you can't buy a 360 no and you can't you can't you, we a guy we lived or we rode with in Chamonix a, a kid called Gitor Williams from Cardiff a Welsh lad right and anybody who's listening to this who knows me and knows Gitor will hand down, will be laughing now because hands down, the most talented, beautiful snowboarder you will ever meet. Yeah. You could just follow him, just riding on the piece, and you were like, I will never, never, ever be that, that good. He passed, we were, there was a handled pipe in Chamonix, and a mate of mine, Jason, uh, who we were in seasons with, we were, we'd walked down and we were hiking back up. And Gitor, he's a good skater, he came past with this method out the pipe just with a dead sort of toothy <laughs> grin at head height, straight past us, and we were like... It's gorgeous. <sighs> yeah. You hate it, but you can't, because it's the net. And I say, we say to him, you know, you need to get sponsored. And he was like, I don't want to get sponsored, I just want to go snowboarding with my friends. And that's the answer. If, mm. if, if you want... But going back to being pushy parents, I always say to people that, that if your kid comes home and they've failed at maths... Do you then go, well, you know, you failed, so it's it's a borderline between what's supportive and encouraging. Mm, yeah. So to ask me, do I I don't know where the line is. Okay. I know I know when too far is, but I don't know what I think the grey area between being a supportive parent and being a complete and utter arsehole is a very thin line, but a very grey area. Sure. Mm. So I don't give you an answer really. I don't know. It's a long way round to not give me an answer. If I knew, yeah. I'd probably be the richest man. Yeah, It's being realistic, isn't it? If, they, if your kid says, I either want to enjoy snowboarding or I want, you to take, I want you to take me away snowboarding and it costs you three grand and then they sit, lie in bed all day, you'd be like, you're taking the piss. Yeah. You want to do this. Equally, when she says to us, I want to win a next game's medal and then she's having an off day or she's battling or then you say... But you said you wanted this, or so then you've got to encourage it, and it's not being pushy. Or what I would realistic. say is, uh, what I would say is not. But we're not going to have the piss taken out of us. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess that that was another thing I did want to get to is sort of how much. I mean, luckily you guys love snowboarding, mm. so it's probably less of a sacrifice because you also get to do a thing that you really like doing. But you've obviously given up, or I don't know. Have no. You, have you given up? We for this chief. Of, I was talking to the guy from BBC. Um, was it? Good. Yeah, and he was like, "You must have had to change your lifestyle." And I was like, "As soon as she was born, within um, she was eight weeks, wasn't she?" And we went to Montchavan. Yeah. At the plan. Yeah. And because everyone said, oh, "That's your life that's finished." It. No, I was like, "No motorbikes, I've no al- snowboarding now." I've always been like, a, "If You're she's the same, if yeah. somebody says something to me, you can't do this." I'm like, "Well, fuck you, I'm going to do it." Yeah. So eight within eight weeks, old. we're in the yeah. motorhome on the campsite at Montchavan. in the plan. Yeah. Um, and then that followed on from there, didn't it? Yeah, and we've always, like I say, we've always done it. So, so she, it's basically, if she hadn't have fitted in, we never went for her, it, she had to fit in because 
yeah. we were going there. So, so yeah, so consequently the next year, because neither of us wanted to do the duty of staying in the van looking after a kid, mm-hmm. which sounds awful, but it, do you want to go snowboarding or do you want to babysit? You want to go snowboarding. So I got a baby harness for her and we took her up snowboarding Every day. at one, didn't we then? Because she was like, she could support her head and everything, a toddler. Yeah. So it was never, folk, it's obviously become focused around her now, but it was never set out around her. It was just... What we did. Yeah. yeah. That's what we do. But what about now? Like, what do you, what do, you do when you're not... So just for the listeners, we're sat in Lark's that the Lark's open. What do you do when you're not here or at competitions with Mia? As in job-wise? Do and you, things, yeah. What, what you mean do what you does our life consist of? Yeah, what Nothing. does your life look like? We have no life. Apart, <laughs> we have no life apart from that miserable child who sucks every penny out of my bank account and leaves me with a headache every... And you're laughing, and this is completely true. <laughs> her, our lives revolve around making her happy. We're slaves to that child, aren't we? Anyway, if you listen to this and you can help me, get in touch with Chris. No, we still... We still look, we, luckily, her passion is our passion, and she's our passion as well, so... I've got a couple of cars in the car box. It's a five hundred pound shitbox oh, Renault that I bought off a now customer. You no, you, you might not make your seven o'clock gondola for this. So, uh, so I think you'll buy me a fondue then. Don't I'll you? buy you whatever you want. So, I don't know if it was you I was talking to, or the, it might have been. I was talking to you. Or it was to, I might have been talking to Ed. And we've always, I don't know if you've been the same, but before we had Mia, we'd be like, we bought a house. We need a new central heating boiler. We'll get a price. It's a thousand pounds or whatever. And we're like, that's two season passes. <laughs> Yeah. So our our barometer on we've never had any money because everything we've ever earned has been spent on snowboarding. Yeah. Okay. So and still is. <laughs> we do have we do have a lot, but snowboarding, especially now it includes southern hemisphere because Vic's been away obviously for three months within the summer. If you if you if you if snowboarding's if anything's your thing, but if snowboarding's your thing, if you're not doing snowboarding. You're thinking about snowboarding. Yeah. So it, there isn't really... I had a few motocross days with a mate of mine. I do a, quite a bit of road cycling. Vic does... She's trained to be a driving instructor and she's been full-time mum. So that's not... It's not like we've just been snowboarding. But no. outside of snowboarding... Um, and you'll be the same with your kids. It's like saying to you, what is your life outside your kids primarily when you've got young kids? Or, or am I right? No. Yeah, they must be... They, they take up a lot of time, kids, they, don't they? Yeah, they... Yeah. Yeah, my family takes up ninety percent of my well, time well, and, that, and brain power. Yeah. I've really noticed Energy. being here this week that kind of I'm not as tired <laughs> yeah. as I am normally. Yeah. That's yeah. a terrible thing to yeah. say, it, but kids do take up a lot of energy, yeah. don't they? Yeah, You're spinning plates all the time. Yeah, hundred percent. So yeah. so to say, you know, what's your no, we're not sat on a beach with a pina colada. If if yeah. if Vix not up at Mia's obviously finished. She's gone out of education completely now for the time being to concentrate on snowboarding. But prior to that, three years certainly. Vicky's been. She she finished work seventeen years ago, basically today because it's Mia's birthday, and hasn't had a job. And she takes us the wrong way, but she hasn't had a job for seventeen years. An income, as in going yeah, nine to pay, five in a room space. Yeah, exactly, so yeah. her. Full-time mother till whenever, 13, 14. Then full-time basically managing what's happening with me, getting her to comps, 
try and find money, balance the house. It, it, and then so school stepping in, they want yeah, and arguing more, with school. So I don't. I think if you asked any parents, what do you do outside having kids till they're seventeen, they'd say nothing. Yeah. You know, some people. Are, our hobby is snowboarding. So there's snowboarding. And there's family. That's it, I suppose. Yeah, and um, so when you go snowboarding now, do you find time to snowboard for yourself? Do you ever sort of have powder days and just? It's not about a competition. It's not about kind of training or being there for a purpose and just go, we're riding powder, let's go. Yeah, I would say 90% of our snowboarding as a family is mm. is riding to just going riding, isn't it? Whether yeah. it's P60, we went across the valley because the mountain was shut at Christmas. That was a fun day. We are just having powder lines for a whole day. So it isn't all, really, this competition bollocks gets in the way of going snowboarding. Yeah. She she wants to do it and it's it it's a means to an end for her. But it's not like it's the it's not like we never strap in. We've been riding with Tim and Ed today and right. it's not when we're not at home, if we're snowboarding, we're snowboarding, aren't we? They, yeah. they had comp I I think I've been to three competitions with her since she stepped up onto World Cups. So the rest of the time is going Just snowboarding. Yeah. Because I remember I used, to, I used to hang out with, um, well, I still am good friends with Danny Wheeler. Yeah, he was all that. I, I looked, he was such a... Just the best snowboarder. And, um, no, you know, yeah, casting shade anyway. But I re- and, um But he was next level to anyone in the UK, wasn't he? He was, yeah, certainly. But I remember there was a point where he wouldn't go snowboarding for fun. He, he was, it was always, we're building a kicker, we're doing a shot, like we're getting shots or filming or something. There was no sort of snowboarding... For fun, do you still get to go snowboarding for fun? You, if you if you get a chance to go and she's bit, she, obviously tomorrow's a big day, but Mia will lap with a mate till last till they shut the lift off. Right, and I she'll be like, "Come on, Dad!" We'll and I, I, we've been you saw that atrocious hand plant video from today. No, I haven't seen that. Oh, you well, did. but you can Have send you me. It. It. You no. can send me it, and I'll, I'll get me to send it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you need a laugh, if you want the kids to laugh at you and make you feel small. <laughs> But she's like, no, come on, we'll lap it. So we just, she, she'll lap. She, she's the other way. You have to, not force her, but we have to sort of drag her in to go coaching and do whatever else. Because yeah. she she just wants just wants to go snowboarding. There's no, like you say about, we need to get this, we need to get that. To get her to do something is harder yeah. than just to get her out to just going snow. She'll go snowboarding all day, but to get her to commit to go and like do this podcast or talk to the BBC or go and do a photo shoot sure. or do some filming... Because it gets in the way of snowboarding, which yeah, yeah. to me makes is the best thing in the world because yeah. she loves every turn. And anything gets in the way of that is like a pain in the arse to her. And what would you say to someone like me who's sort of trying to decide, I mean, obviously having three kids, it's an expensive, you know, it's a difficult trip for us to organise mm. and, you know, sort of there's other circumstances well that might make it a little bit more difficult but what would you say to someone who sort of is thinking about taking their kids away or getting the kids into snowboarding but is sort of umming and ahhing about like the reward versus the expense kind of part of it I don't think there's anything I don't think there's anything better I don't think that being in the mountains with your kids we sat we sat on a I keep going away you keep asking me questions I don't answer any of them but we, we sat on a lift at um, a place called was it Grand Bonand? 
Well, when she was little. No, when, when Neil Clue's ass. Yeah, and they, we, got this, yeah. we got onto this chairlift and the ski school lady's there. Can you take your kids? So we oh, put this we, we put Mia. this kid yeah. between us before we'd had Mia. Yeah. And snowboarding's like, we'd sort of peaked with where we were going with it and plateaued sort of enjoyment-wise maybe. And they plopped this kid on and we were, we'd never talked about kids and we were like, it'd be rad to have a kid and come snowboarding as a family. And that was like the... so. And it was. So, like, the first board she had, she was 18 months, and I'd Ben Kinnear, the coach, is going through this, I've only the same discussion with now, so I'd put her down when it got flat, and she'd think she was snowboarding, and when it got a bit choppy or whatever else, I'd pick her back up. She'd try and get, as soon as you put her down, you, she wouldn't want to be picked up. <laughs> and every, even to now, I would say, from the first time she walked to the lift in those little snowboard boots, to watching her ride lax open now, is the, the greatest thing ever. If she wasn't riding Lax, forget Lax Open, to go snowboarding with her and her mates now, we're 17, Lewis, who she rides with up here and all her other mates from wherever around the world. As soon as you go riding with them, you're not 50. You're in a group of your peers. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's... So for anybody, I don't see there being a bad thing. If you can, yes, it's expensive and it's getting more expensive, but there's plenty of cheap ways there's plenty of cheap ways to go snowboarding yeah. in, in Europe. And I think the reward from it, from getting your family in the mountains, I'm, I'm, I've, I started when I was 14 or 50. And I haven't missed one winter in all that time. And, and I love, I don't like, like I said, you don't like the competition. We, me and me argue about it and it causes the pressure of it. But the actual being strapped in as with your kids and going riding is the best thing. There's just, there isn't anything... Honestly, I can't think of anything. I've got mates whose kids play cricket and they can't go and play. They can't, oh, let's go away for a week playing cricket because mm. it's shit. They might <laughs> like cricket, but fundamentally, you can't go away and go laugh at your dad doing a shit hand plant. Yeah. They won't laugh at you. Oh, you missed the ball, dad. You're shit. When you go snowboarding, your age disappears. They laugh at you because you can't, like you said, you, I tried to want 80 and it took me a load of hard work. But you, they don't, they're laughing with you, not at you do you know what I mean yeah. so you, you get that stoke you can laugh at them when they eat shit they can laugh at you when you eat more shit or you you know you embarrass them in front of all the mates so yeah. anybody who thought about if they're like us and maybe they've gone out of snowboarding come back into snowboarding or want to go back into snowboarding it's I would say it's way more rewarding than it ever was to ride on your own with your mates it, it, way more rewarding to ride with your kids because they, you see, you see the wonder you. Because you've experienced that when you were a kid, eighteen, what have you been seasons, and when you see your kids, you can, you know, how much they, they love it. Because you see their eyes, yeah. and you go, "I fucking felt that stoke." And when they put that, whatever they do, or they go over a jump, you're like, "I know what they're feeling." It puts the hairs upon me back now because you're like, I see the toddlers walking around with the little ski boots, uh, the yeah. little snowboard boots on. Yeah. I'm like, "That's so rad," and they're fucking stoked to get. You know what I mean? They're this big, and they're just stoked to go riding because it's just. The best thing anyone ever has ever done, isn't it? So there we are, uh, Vicky and Nigel Brooks. I hope you enjoyed that. I really enjoyed sitting down with them. And if I hadn't had to run off to catch a gondola up to go for a fondue, and I know that sounds a bit, <laughs> a bit random, but I was on holiday. It was a free fondue, courtesy of the Larks Open, a kind of media dinner. I wanted to be part of it. Uh, it was a fun night out, but I obviously had to rush to get there. So I imagine the three of us could have chatted on for a lot longer. But at the same time, it was also Mia's birthday and I felt pretty tight 
kind of keeping her mum and dad from her for any longer than was absolutely necessary. But yeah, I think we could have chatted longer and hopefully we are going to have a catch up with them again sometime in the future. They're traveling around America at the moment doing World Cups and competitions and whatnot and it's pretty difficult to lock them down to a time. Though we have tried, but um, for now we're going to kind of let them finish what they need to do and when they're back in Europe I think I'm going to catch up with them all and I look forward to that because I do have some questions for Mia I do have some things that I wanted to ask her and I didn't really want to sort of pressure her into answering my banal questions the night before a big competition I'm sure I'm pretty low down on the list of priorities in that situation but anyway I do appreciate Ricky and Nigel giving me their time at the Larks Open it's very much appreciated and as I say we could have chatted for much much longer they're a lovely family and I like hanging out with them Uh, so yeah um, what's happening else is happening there's something on in Scotland a big rail jam on I think at Glencoe this weekend Uh, if you can make it up there apparently I think the conditions are pretty good as well Looks like it has been snowing, um, so fingers crossed that is a good session up there. If you're going up there, do send us some pictures and we'll bang them up on the Instagram, which is at Thank You Snowboarding Podcast. And we've been putting some pretty cool stuff up on the Instagram, actually, if you haven't followed us yet, so go and check that out. Uh, we've also been putting some stuff up on the YouTube channel. Um, and again, that is just at Thank You Snowboarding if you'd like to subscribe or follow, whatever it is you have to do on there, I don't know. Um, what else? If you want to get in touch with us, talk about any anything you want to send us, any pictures, or if you want to tell us about what snowboarding means to you or anything you want to share with the community, you're more than welcome. Uh, shout out to Peter Bowers. He, shout, he sent me a picture of him wearing a Chaos T-shirt uh, on a family skiing trip just before lockdown. So I stuck that up on the Instagram. Uh, Thanks, Peter. Appreciate that. Um, And good to see Chaos T-shirts still in use. I think I did have one once and it's lost to time and landfill, I imagine. Also, a shout out to Mike Austin, who emailed us in to say that he uh, missed a junction whilst driving to work. A a journey that he's done every day for five years and uh, he was listening to my brother's episode, Dave Cracknell, with, and was thinking about good times in his head and uh, drove right past the junction that he should have come off at, which is exactly what I'm hoping this podcast does. So yeah, big shout out to you, Austin. I haven't seen you for a long, long, long time. I hope you're well, man. Um, What else is going on? Oh, the song at the top of the show. Um, if you were listening carefully, you'd notice Nigel mentioned a ski movie called Blizzard of Ours, made by Greg Stump, featuring Glenn Plake. Um, and that was what got me into this world. It kind of opened my eyes to a whole exotic lifestyle that I certainly wasn't finding when I was growing up in southeast London. And that movie means a lot to me. And as soon as Nige mentioned it, I was like, I know exactly what track I'm going to play. So the track is by ACT. It's called Snobbery and Decay. And that version is the extended for Stephanie Beecham remix, which is a glorious piece of music. One of my all-time favorite pieces of music. It's just, it's just got everything. It's got everything. And uh, put that on your headphones while you go snowboarding and you will 
guarantee you're going to probably hurt yourself because you'll be going far too fast and far too big, but feeling it for sure. So yeah, there's stuff up on YouTube and the Instagram and the Rail Jam in Scotland this weekend. Uh, if you want to send us anything, it's thankyousnowboarding at gmail.com. You'd be more than welcome to do so. Um, I'm up to the Highlands, I think, in next month for the Up Battle. If you don't know about that, get in touch. The Up Battle is a splitboarding weekend. Kind of there's workshops and awareness and a race where you basically run to your split board, walk up as far as you have to, and then snowboard down. And the first one to do it wins wins an award. Well, when I say the first one to do it, Leslie McKenna wins an award, it would seem. Um, but yeah, it's pretty cool. If you want to try split boarding in the UK, then get you know get find that on Facebook and get in touch with those guys or get in touch with us and we will pass on your details. Um, oh, the other thing, the Brits, the Brits, now we're talking, that's just been announced. Uh, it's going to be at Tamworth Snowdome, which is a little far away from some of its sort of loftier events that they've put on in, re- in you know years gone by in places in France and Switzerland and whatnot. But I reckon this is going to be a real good laugh. There's a bank slalom and a slope style. It's going to be at Tamworth Snowdome. Uh, it's on May, I think, the 11th. We'll let you know more about that. We'll get um, try and get Stu and Spence on, Stuart Brass and Spence Claridge on to talk about it as well. Um, that is going to be a real laugh, I reckon. I reckon there'll be a lot of old faces, certainly for the bank slalom. So if you want to know more about that, look, look at the Brits on Instagram or on Facebook. There'll be stuff in the old school or UK Snowboard History Facebook group. I think it's gone up in there. Um, I am definitely going to be there for that. I'm going to get the brushy out. Can I have some, I think? Do plenty of stretching beforehand. Apparently, uh, Scott McMorris is the man to beat. I think Tim Warwood's going to have some uh, beef with Scott McMorris there. So that'll be fun just to go and see that. Uh, Yeah, so don't miss out on that. Then there's uh, the Snowboard Asylum Shred Week out of Treeline Chalets in Morzine in April. Um, obviously the snowboard asylum looking after us they do a brilliant week where you can go and test out the following season's kit ride with pro riders and industry people and it's a pretty good week of snowboarding sunshine and good times so get in touch with the tsa about that and they will put you in the right direction and then it was also at the end of April, there's also the spring break to do with Reason Magazine, which is another snowboard test thing that anyone can turn up and try out boards, try out next season's kits for a few days at the right at the end of the season, I think in Kianatau, but I'm not entirely sure. But uh, if you follow us and all do all that business, we will let you know when that is and when to check it out. So yeah, I think that's it for this week. Um, as I say, We've got a few guests lined up, hopefully the big one, the one that everybody mentions, Jeremy Sladen. He's coming down this way this week for a rather sad reason. And we send our condolences to you and Southcott's family. Um, Jeremy is going to be in town for his funeral and then maybe we'll have a catch up with him afterwards if he's got time. He did phone me up this morning and asked me if I fancied a 12-hour drive up to Glencoe on Friday, but unfortunately... Unfortunately, I can't. That sounds like an awesome trip. But anyway, thank you, Jeremy, for the offer. I do appreciate it, and I'll take you up on the lift to the up battle in March. All right, 
I think we're done. Uh, back next week. Please like and subscribe and follow and tell your friends and leave reviews and do all that good stuff as well. Much appreciated. As for now, thank you, snowboarding. Peace.